Welcome to the God-Centered Recovery Podcast brought to you by Narrowgate Ministries. This podcast is dedicated to giving you a God-centered approach to recovery and to life. Follow along. Let's get started. Awesome, everybody. Welcome back to the God-Centered Men's Recovery Podcast. Uh, I'm glad to be back at you again. So I have a special guest. We connected on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and, and stuff like that on social media. And uh, he's got an awesome stare, uh, story to share with you today. So I'm just going to introduce him and we'll go. So Eric, introduce yourself, brother. All righty. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, my name is Eric Virthaler, and there have been so many people who have mispronounced my last name, Vitehaler, Virthaler. And it's because of that, I, I thought about changing it at one point but at the same yeah. time though I, I was like i don't want to have to go through that hassle and not to change it so it's i was so like funny. you know what i'll just deal with it <laughs> yeah i uh that's the only reason why i didn't introduce you myself because i looked at the last name and i'm like oh man i'm gonna butcher this so i'll let him uh, welcome himself so uh it's, it's good, all good man appreciate you taking the time for this and um excited yeah, sure. about um what your your story gonna be so I want to dive right in and I want to know exactly um, your story behind you becoming a Christian and, and um, you know, being a disciple of Christ and stuff like that. All righty. Well, I guess that you can go back to my story as far back as when I was in elementary school. Well, I personally was raised in a Christian household. Uh, both of my parents are, uh, both my parents are Christians and, um, and, uh, you know, uh, growing up, I would go to church with them, but, and, uh, you know, I believe I was in second or so grade, um, when the pastor was asking people to raise their hands and, you know, and it was because I was so young and I was so, so naive and I didn't, I didn't really understand what was going on. And I, I thought that because the pastor said that, I, I thought that he meant that we had to raise our hands and then <laughs> I raised my hand and I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Right. And after that, my mom saw that and she was like, oh, you decided to be a Christian? I was like, I, I, I guess. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, you know, oh, yeah, I was, uh, sure. uh, raised in church and went to um, Nazarene uh, Christian school. And we had um, a chapel on Friday, suit and tie day. And, and um, you know, growing up in it, you just kind of go with the flow. But then there comes a point where you kind of got to, you know, accept and believe yourself and stuff like right. that. So, um yeah, it's kind of interesting, you know, as a kid, you know, doing those sort of things. But then there's a time where it really like hits home and it and it grabs you. So yeah, and so that is what I was wanting to get into. And so, uh, and so, when I was young, when I was well, I should say when I was younger, um, I didn't really understand why Jesus had to die on the cross, and I, I meant. I had so many questions about Christianity and, and I would ask my mom by the same time though, I was just having trouble, you know, putting the pieces t t together. Right. And so, and then uh, in junior high, I, I was forced to go to church and it d didn't matter if I wanted to or not. I mean, right. parents were forced to. Uh -huh. And it was, it was because of that. Um, it kind of made me less enthusiastic about going to church. I, I just kind of viewed it more as like that. I, I kind of viewed it more as like when your parents say, you know, 
I want you to vacuum and whatnot. It's like, <laughs> sure. I'll do it. Yeah, and whatnot. Right, right. I, I could totally relate to that scenario because, you know, like I said, junior high school, my, my grandma put me in Christian school to try to fix me, you know, because I was messed up, man. And uh, so my grandma put me in there and uh, they couldn't handle me for one year and they booted me out. But uh, yeah, I could see the, you know, the Christianity being forced. It's definitely, um, yeah, it's definitely prevalent. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, because it's something what I really try to emphasize now like with a lot of Christians, um, it's like, yes, I, I mean, you do want to bring people to Christ. By the same time, though, you also don't want to be too pushy about it either. Right. That's good. And so, um, and so because of some of the things in my life didn't go the way how I wanted it to. And so, and then I ended up having this really big objection to Christianity, which is very, very common. I would say, oh, well, if God's so loving, then why would he let 9-11 happen? All right. those innocent people mm-hmm. dying and whatnot. And uh, and yeah, and that definitely was the really big objection that I had for a long time, you know, is, is to why God would allow, you know, people get getting raped and murdered and right. all these horrible things. And, uh, you know, that is a, like a really awesome question and it's and it's a valid question i think yes and uh you know i believe that um you know if we don't ask ourselves those things and we don't really challenge them then i don't think we believe deep enough because we haven't really faced those you know critical issues that come up so and yeah and about that so that's actually something that i will come back to later on okay. and so okay. uh and so when I was in junior high, um, she wasn't my first girlfriend, but she was my first serious one. And, uh, and, um, so and then my first serious girlfriend's name was Carly. You, you know, I felt mad. I felt madly in love with her. I thought she was the one and, uh, you know, and she was like one of the kindest, sweetest people that you could ever meet. And so, and then, um, and, uh, so, and then she told me her deepest, darkest secret that she never told anyone else and at that time i never had anybody tell me such a thing and uh, she told me that when she was little her father died mm-hmm. and uh, and she became so so upset that her father died uh when it first happened like that she actually tried to like that she actually tried to kill herself right Right. And when she told me that, I was so shocked because, like I said, nobody ever told me something like that. And I and I just didn't know what to say. And right. so I didn't say anything. And then um, and as you can probably guess, like with the majority of relationships, you know, junior high and whatnot, they do not last <laughs> yeah that's the truth <laughs> yeah okay i wish i could take back a lot of those <laughs> you are telling me and so um it was because i fell so madly in love with her i was pretty upset about that and so and then um but at the same time though um one of the things that she has my respect for it was the fact that out of all the girls I've dated, she actually was the one and she actually was the one and only one to ever do it in person. It's because of the fact that I 
think that if you're going to do it, you know, don't do it over text. Don't do it over a phone call. You right, should do it right. in person. And so, and so it's because of that. And other reason is other reasons is, is why that, you know, she has my respect. And then uh, because I was so, so young and naive, I, you know, I'm not saying it's right, but it's just that when we tend to get upset, we tend to say things that we do not mean. And so and then because that I was uh, so upset that we broke up, I said some pretty harsh things that I did did not mean. Right. And so um, and so for the longest time, I was just wanting to say that I was uh, sorry and whatnot. And I'm even though that I eventually, you know, accepted the fact that her and I were just not meant to be. That's fine. I mean, if it's meant to be then it will be but if not then then yeah um it is what it is and uh it wasn't like i wanted to get back with her you know i was just wanting to say i'm sorry but it was one of those things that i would procrastinate about like i would say that i would do it but then when i would be presented the chance i would just get too intimidated and uh and whatnot, and, and I would back out and saying, "Oh well, maybe s- s- some other time." Right. And well, right. and uh, it was because of that as as to why that her friends didn't want to have anything t- to do with me. Right. And quite frankly, I can definitely understand why. And um, and then yeah, and then her and I would. And then after that, her and I like would talk, would talk every now and then, uh-huh. you know, as like a hi, you know, how have you you've been and whatnot. And uh, one of the things that she told me uh, a few years after we dated, uh, she said that, yeah, you know, out of all the guys that I've dated, you definitely by far have been the nicest one I have ever dated. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. And so and. And so and then uh, all throughout high school, I definitely did believe there was a God, but I definitely, but I definitely did not act that way. Uh-huh. It was because the fact that I got, I got caught up in the wrong crowd. And uh, this is why that this verse in the Bible was one of my favorite verses. Uh, the verse goes, uh, those who, uh, those who walk with the wise will become wise, wise and yeah. in association with fools will face the consequences. Yeah. That's powerful scripture. Oh yeah, definitely. And, uh, got caught up in the wrong crowd. And before then I would always say, Oh, well, I'm not going to be one of those kids who parties. I'm not going to be one of those kids. <laughs> right. Well, this is why that, that verse is such a power is such a powerful verse just right. by hanging out with the wrong crowd, making change. I like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I would party, I would drink, but one thing that definitely is a huge blessing from God is that during all that time that I partied, I never smoked marijuana, meth, or any of that. But, uh, when I would drink, of course, when you're drunk, you do a lot of really, really dumb stuff. And then, uh, doing a lot of that dumb stuff really ruined my reputation and uh and then uh because i was hanging out out with the wrong crowd 
They also would talk me into doing illegal activities. I am not proud of this, but I used to, but I used to break into people's cars and uh, take things out of them. I also used to shoplift. Uh, There even was one time when I shoplifted, um, the alarm went off and then all the people who worked there were chasing after me and I I had to run for my life. Quite frankly, I I actually wish that I would have gone caught, but it is what it is. Right, right. And and it was because I was associating my myself with so many toxic people. All of the decent people I had in my life were like gone, <laughs> right? Yeah. Peace. Yep. Yeah. Bye bye. And because of that, it made my life a lot. It made my life a lot harder. And uh, and you know, dealing with that bad reputation in high school was definitely not a fun thing at all. Right. And, uh, and so, and so some of the things I would go to, you know, is to deal with that was drinking and, uh, was drinking and having premarital sex. And yeah, and that was a thing that I was known for in high school. Unfortunately, it's not a good thing to be known for is jumping to girl to girl. Right. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, and so then my senior year of high school, I was one to re, I was wanted to redeem myself. It was because of the fact that I realized that, hey, I screwed up big time, like with, with uh, you know, hanging out with the wrong crowd, drinking, having premarital sex and whatnot. But, but you know, but the problem was I, I just did not know how. I was trying everything, but nothing was working. And so, and then the year after I graduated, I, um, I graduated high school in 2012 and then 2012 was actually the year that I said to myself, okay, I am not going to drink again until I'm legal age and whatnot. So you probably remember my first serious girlfriend I mentioned, Carly. So... (laughs) Her father died late 2003, and then in late 2013, uh, Carly unfortunately hung herself on a tree. Wow. I mean, it was her mom who found her hung on a tree, and um, and it was so, so hard for her mom to take her off the tree that she actually had to ask, you know, all the people who lived nearby to help her off. But even for the neighbors, knowing that that's their neighbor, like who they have loved and whatnot, now that she's dead and now I ha- have to get her off of this tree that she killed herself on. It's like, you know, honestly, that would be pretty hard for me to, to do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And even worse, Carly was actually was supposed to get married. So that's a big ouch for her fiance. And then uh, I didn't find out until the day after. I remember one day I woke up and the first thing I did was check my Facebook. And I was going through my news feed. The first thing I saw, somebody posted a status saying, rest in peace, Carly. I was like... Carly who? And then right. once I saw the comments, which Carly, I immediately jumped out of my bed in shock. And especially because of what she told me b- b- before. 
Right. And so, and so it, so I was trying to process it for a few days. Be hard. Yeah. I was just so, so shocked that it happened. And then it wasn't until the day before the funeral, I remember I was at a friend's birthday party and then I finally processed it in my head and I was about to cry, but you know, but I didn't want to make a scene. Um, and especially at my friend's birthday party, you know, you know, and I didn't want to ruin the the fun for a lot of people. And so then I said, Hey, I had something come up and, you know, I have to get going. As soon as I was driving back to my home, I, I let it all out Mm -hmm. and going to her funeral. That was a really tough one for me to have to sit through because of the fact that, um, A, it was an open, it was an open casket funeral, which personally, if you ask me, I think that was very, very uncalled for because the fact it was a suicide. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, that's, you know, people don't want to see that knowing what happened. Right. And so, and then that was why that, that they had her head down and, you know, and yeah. they put makeup on sure. her neck, trying to hide the rope marks. But yeah. And the fact that her friends were there and knowing the fact that, you know, me and her friends don't have the best relationship. And, um, um, and her fiance was there and, I felt really, really bad for her fiance. And uh, yeah, I I wanted to go up to him and say something. I wanted to say, hey, I'm so sorry for your loss and whatnot. But I was afraid that it would have caused like some tension be, you know, because of a with her friends and b knowing the fact that I you used to date her. Right. And so I have lost people before and after that. And I'm not trying to make a sign of contest, but that was the hardest one for me to ever, you know, it, that was the hardest one for me to ever uh, deal with. Right. And um, even worse is that my, is that my parents didn't really understand what I was going through. And the same with a lot of other people that they thought that, you know, she's your ex, you know, um, why do you care? And the fact that you, you, you two didn't talk for, for like a few years. So, so why do you care? You, you're being overly dramatic about it, but you know, but it wasn't the fact that she was my ex. That was the problem. Right. It was, um, the problem was, it was the fact that she never told anybody else her, her secret besides me. And the other issue being that I was just wanted to reconcile with her. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but unfortunately I put it off so much that it never happened. Yeah. There's gotta be um, a lot of pain with regret in that situation. Oh yeah. yeah. So I, I, I know, I know exactly the pain that you're talking about. So. And yeah, and I also believe that there's a verse in the Bible that says, uh, speak from your heart for everything. Well, I know I'm paraphrasing, but there's some sort of verse in the Bible that says, you know, just speak from your heart. And 
there's also one that says uh worry about today and then tomorrow will worry about itself mm -hmm. and uh and then yeah um i didn't really handle that all that well and i, I remember on the day of the funeral i didn't i barely even said a word i remember for lunch my family and i went to, to, to jimmy john's right i didn't say a word i had that look on my face as as if i saw a ghost and then afterwards you know um i mean then afterwards uh, my dad said hey why don't i hey uh why don't i take you like to go see like some comedy you know to you you know as to cheer you up and i mean even my dad said that that was one of the hardest funerals that he had ever had to you know g g go through yeah and then, uh, so I was trying everything, you know, as to grieve th through that. And especially because the fact that I felt like that I was responsible for it. And I mean, feeling responsible for somebody's suicide is the worst feeling that you ever could feel in, in the whole entire world. Right. Especially at that point, I was trying really hard to redeem myself. And then because of that, I really felt like that I failed myself. And so I was trying everything, therapists, depression, hotlines, everything. Right. Nothing was working. So and then one day I thought of the idea, hey, um, so at the funeral, I actually wasn't there like to see her get buried because the fact that, you know, um, it was just the fact that the you know, like the funeral itself was hard enough, like for me to sit yeah. through. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what, as much as I would love to be there, I'm sorry. Just right now, I just need like my space. And so, and then I remember on the day I decided to go to her grave, the cemetery actually was not even open. But I mean, at that point, I was just so, 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 so desperate, you know, you know, to do it. I then called, you know, the uh, place to find out where her grave is at. And then luckily that there actually was a person there. You know, uh, I definitely do think that this definitely was a God thing, that there just happened to have been somebody there. Um, and then the person took me uh, to her grave. And, and then I said things I should have said years ago. Right. And uh, I finally got to uh, apologize for me being a jerk in junior high. And, and I let it all out about how much regret that I felt. And, and yeah, but that definitely was not the only time that I went to her uh, race. So uh, Carly died in October 2013. And then all throughout that winter, I was dealing with that. And I also was dealing with some work problems too. The fact like that my hours got cut and, um, you know, and there were days when I would drive to work only just to have them tell me, I'm sorry, Eric, but we're going to have to let you go home. It's because of the fact that we just do not have enough business. Right. So because I was not working as much, that only meant that, and, and, and it was because it was during the winter time, that only meant that I was going to have that much more time to think about all that pain I was right, you know, right. dealing with. And so I went to her grave numerous times because there were so many things I had to say. 
So and then one of the so then one day when I went, I I said, you know, you know, I know that you would know what's best for me. And um, um, and so and then I pretty much said that I will live my life to the fullest. I will live my life the, the happiest way that I can. And I'll try to live the best quality life. It was easy for me to say that. And I also said that I will move on from this tragedy. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was why I was trying to, yeah, I was trying therapists, hotlines and everything. Not a single thing was working. Yeah. yeah. It was easy for me to say that, but it was easier said than done. You know, right. like, definitely when my grief was so fresh and then even worse is that I didn't mean to, but, but, but I, but I unfortunately accidentally made her mom upset about something. And so then that made it even worse for me because of the fact that I thought, oh, well, great. I upset her friends. I upset her mom. I'm responsible for her death. It definitely made me feel a lot worse. And so, and then eventually I thought that, you know, that should have been me. That was the tongue on that tree. Right. So, and then there was one day I was, I was looking for a rope to hang myself on Amazon. Then after that, I was driving a, I was driving around my neighborhood trying to find a tree to hang myself on. It was because I didn't want my parents to find me. And then this also definitely was a God thing. Um, A friend called me asking me what I was doing. Because he asked me that's when I was in the process of finding a tree to hang myself on, I then felt like that I got caught. And so because I felt, because I felt caught, I just, uh, um, I just told him. Well, and then my friend definitely felt very, very glad that he called me when he did. Right. So, yeah. But even though that, that happened that one day, honestly, I really felt like, uh, killing myself every single day it was because the fact that i it was because the fact i felt like a horrible person that even worse i actually was starting to not get as much uh sleep as i was supposed to because the fact that i actually was having nightmares every single night from that so i was like great i'm both mentally exhausted and physically exhausted because the fact i'm not getting any sleep Mm -hmm. so and then it was because of that was why I had to have a talk with a uh, doctor, um, like for me to go on a certain uh, medication, like that will help me to not have nightmares at night. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a pretty powerful pill. I mean, as soon as you take it within less than an hour, I mean, you'll be passed out. So yeah, it's a pretty powerful pill. <laughs> I, I, I'll say that. And then, um, and so, and then um, on de- December 14th of that year, I turned 21. Um, and then when I turned 20, well, well, actually shortly before I turned 21, I then had that memory of all the times like when I would drink in high school. And then I thought, hey, you know, um, because of the fact that I don't like what I'm feeling, I don't want to think about it. And mm-hmm. so... So then I remember that I, so then 
I remember that I made plans with a friend of mine to go have a movie night. Um, and uh, she said, hey, you're 21 now. You know, you, you, you can bring over beer. But, you know, but uh, but I actually was kind of using that as my scapegoat. Um, so and then I thought of the idea, hey, how about that? Uh, um, it was because we were watching a Christmas movie. I thought, hey. How about that whenever a snowman appears, we'll have a drink. And so and then, um, and so and then, even when there wasn't one like that popped up, you know, during the movie, I, I would, you know, have a drink anyway. And then within less than 15 minutes of the movie, I was already drunk. And then, uh, <laughs> Um, and the, then my friend said, okay, you're drinking way, way, way too fast. But what I didn't tell her was the reason why that I was drinking so fast. It was because of the fact I just wanted all that gone. Right, right. And yeah, and uh, and yeah, then, but at least that I was smart enough to actually have somebody drive me home. And so when I was, uh, so when my friend was driving me home, I, I was so drunk that I didn't know any better like that. Uh, I actually thought that KFC was Taco Bell. (laughs) 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 But yeah, but as soon as the company owns them, (laughs) you're close. (laughs) I said the same company owns them. You're pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But then um, as soon as my, as soon as I got home, it turned out like that. My dad was awake. And my dad was definitely not very pleased to, you know, to see that I was drunk. And then, uh, and then I obviously forgot this at that time, but what I had planned with my family the very next day was to go to a Christmas uh, a sermon at, at the church that we attend to. I was supposed to go to lunch, dinner, and a movie with them, but I didn't go because the fact that it was because the fact that I was just so, so it was because I got so, so drunk the night before that I was too hung over and I didn't go. My parents were not very happy with me. Right, right. I mean, but to be fair, that that is a pretty good reason. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then, well, there is at least one other funny thing that happened during that time when I was, you know, grieving about Carly. So, uh, so um, so that same friend, like who called me that day when I was looking for a tree, uh, I then asked him, Hey man, uh, do you know of any hotlines that I can call, you know, just so I can vent to them. Um, so then he gave me a number, you know, and I thought that it was a line for a suicide hotline, depression hotline, uh-huh. only to find out that my friend tricked me. Um, and my friend actually gave me the number to a sex hotline. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. Funny stuff. Hey, um, take us to where, where things started to to shift and um, yeah, so, we started um, getting some clarity and stuff. Okay, so on I'm a so and then and so and then because I was getting so so desperate, 
I then thought, hey, maybe one of the things that I can do is to get into a relationship. It was because the fact that me and this other girl named Jordan, we're starting to have a thing with each other. And then we hung out on New Year's, you know, we had fun and all. And then I thought that this was finally going to be what is going to kill me. But unfortunately, her sister is very, very overprotective. Um, she started calling me a psycho and whatnot, caused a bunch of drama. And uh, because of that, Jordan and I unfortunately broke up. I was going to commit suicide. It was because of the fact that I thought, you know what, I'm done. That same friend then called me again, asked me what I was doing. And I literally was about to commit suicide. And then, um, and then... I thought, hey, maybe I could turn myself into the psych ward, but then that same friend and, and then uh, talked me out of it. And I'm like, well, shoot, I don't know what I can do at this point. And then I opened up to a, another friend of mine, like named uh, Taylor, about what I was going through. And then uh, one day, this was on January 12th, 2014, I was seriously was considering suicide and then i called my friend taylor I, I was just you know and basically me calling her was basically a was basically a cry for help and then she said hey uh, hey eric i'm at church how about that you just uh how about you just come to church and i was like all right fine and then i'm at that point you know I'm at that point in my life, I was like, you know what, I have given up on this God thing a while ago, even though I still believed, but I just kind of struggled off. I thought, hey, I don't really have any other options. So when I went to church, um, this definitely was a God thing. Um, the pastor was talking about, you know, dealing like with death and, you know, and um, and how how it's actually a lot harder for people like to um, grieve when they have things left unresolved. And, you know, and just everything that he said, it, it just hit me perfectly for what I was going through. And then, um, and then I finally, mom and then, and so, and then I finally, I finally was starting to understand, you know, why Jesus died and whatnot. So then and so that when he said that it's time for, you know, when he said, hey, if you've made up your mind, if you want to follow Jesus, raise your hand. I then raised my hand. Um, and it wasn't because of the fact I felt like I had to, you know, back when I was in second grade. But this time it actually was because of the fact like that I actually genuinely wanted to. Right. And so and then after that, I would go to church on a regular basis. And then. Going back to that, going back to that big objection that, that I had to, uh, that I had to Christianity, the moral right. problem, mm -hmm. excuse me. So then I finally realized, you know, maybe bad things happen so that good things can't come out from those bad things. Like say, if you take, for example, the crucifixion of Jesus, I mean, we all have seen the passion of the Christ. I mean, you know, like just how brutal it was. I mean, it was a pretty horrific thing that happened it was, yeah. but that had to happen in order for our salvation and you know and sometimes we really don't know what those good things are in our lives um sometimes i kind of think that we take them 
for granted. And if it wasn't for those bad things that happen, well, then uh, it's those bad things I like that make us appreciate those, uh, um, appreciate those good things that much more. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and then eventually I decided uh, that, you know, that, you know, following Jesus is definitely going to be the best way that I can redeem myself. And so, um, and so, yeah, so I decided to get baptized May 19th, 2014. And yeah, it definitely has got to be one of the best decisions I have ever made. I mean, granted, there are days when I still miss her, but at the same time, though, um, by the same time, though, um, but at the same time, though, um, it's definitely a lot easier now, like right. to, to, to deal with all that now. Absolutely. Man, that is just uh, <laughs> it is a powerful story. I um, that is. Yeah, I'm so glad that uh, had the opportunity to share it. Um, you know, I know um, pain and losing someone and all that stuff. It is like so hard. Oh, it is. And um, you know, one of the reasons I think it's hard, and uh, I know from experience, is you know, we have all these negative emotions and we think like it's not okay to feel that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, anger, frustration, regret, you know, all these negative feelings. Um, but they're okay. Like we have to walk through those feelings to get to the other side. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if we didn't feel those things, then we would be kind of lying or mm-hmm. not really human or not, you know, and finding purpose I think through the pain is the key thing that you're talking about here is that, you know, you went through all of this um, and now to find like a meaning and purpose behind it, it's up to you, right? You have to kind of create that meaning and purpose behind it. And, uh, you know, maybe it was to help other people that are in the same pain. Um, Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons, you know, I look back on my childhood of going through the trauma, the pain taken away from my parents and, you know, being a runaway and all those things. It's like, I look back at it now and it's like, I have a very compassionate heart um, towards people who are going through the same thing. And uh, I can speak to people. I can help people only because of the pain. And I feel the same thing with you, brother. It's just powerful. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and then when I saw that you were doing podcasts like with people about their stories, I, I just uh, thought that because of my story is such a powerful one, I just um, I just definitely felt like that this is one that needs to be heard. And especially the fact that just and also and it. the other valuable life lessons that I learn, if you have something to say to somebody, then you need to just say it. it's because of the fact that you are not going to have that chance forever. Right. Yeah, that's just uh, a powerful reality recently from, um, you know, the Kobe Bryant and the helicopter crash wow. and, 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 and it being out there. I immediately think of death, you know, on my own and, and the fact that, um, you know, I'm not guaranteed to, you know, another second, another minute, um, mm-hmm. another day. And that um, never know you never know living with, you know, integrity and being happy with the decisions that you make. Um, is so important because at the end of the day, it's like, you know, that's all that really matters is that, you know, we, we did a reflection of our heart and integrity and, and walked in that. Um, so 
it's truth. It's powerful. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. But yeah. And, you know, and it also makes me think, you know, had none of that, you know, to think had stuff happened in my life. I honestly don't think that I would have given my life to Jesus. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and it goes back to what I said about how, you know, about how good things come out from those bad things. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, man, for sure. All right. Thank you.